What is going on, everyone? Jonathan here with the Venue RX podcast. And I have someone today on the show who has been on the show before. She is a total nerd in the best possible way. I mean, this woman is intelligent. She knows so much about uh, all things Google ads and just ads and paid media and so many different things. Um, welcome to the show, Christy Osborne from Mountainside Media. Thank you so much for coming back on. Thanks for having me back. Awesome. Well, so I excited. I cannot wait to get into this conversation because I just saw you like a month ago in uh, in Vegas for Wedding MBA. And I just like briefly grabbed you for a second, you know, got a couple sound bites. Um, but I wanted to have you back on specifically because I know at the beginning of the year, you know, venues, wedding and event businesses are understanding that it is engagement season, right? And so everyone wants to be at the top of their game. And, you know, people are maybe doing rebrands and all these different things are happening. There's a lot of movement. And I wanted to talk specifically about the ads game about marketing and all of the tech stuff that you do. Um, that's such a grotesque way to say it. No, it's so accurate. It's so accurate. That's what I do. Tech stuff. Tech stuff. Tech stuff. That is exactly right. Christy, just for some background so that, you know, anyone who is, is late to the show and, and doesn't know about you or Mountainside Media and doesn't really understand what you do, could you just give us a SparkNotes version of what Mountainside Media is and how you serve clients? Yeah, basically, I make sure that when clients are spending money on marketing efforts, whether that's hiring a freelancer or investing in paid advertising, that they're actually making more money than they're spending on those efforts. How often do you see? that scenario playing out where they're actually not making more money they're spending. Oh, we all do it. <laughs> we all do it. Okay. You know, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's part of it or, or they're making more money than they're spending, right? Like they're, they're profitable, but they don't exactly know what's making the most money and what might not be making any money at all. And we have so much, um, we have so much like marketing jargon and word salad out there on the internet that, that we're constantly like eating and ingesting that oftentimes we make a lot of assumptions about what is working, right? So if, if, you're, if you're following the SEO guru and they're talking about SEO and, and you see this a lot after the, you know, Facebook apocalypse that happened in 2020, ad apocalypse that happened in 2021, you know, they say, you know, you, you need to like grow your own channels and SEO is the answer. And then the copywriters like, you know, you need to optimize your website and copywriting is the answer. And the social media channel manager says, you know, you need to grow your audience and social media is the answer. And it all sounds good when you're listening to somebody else talk about it, including me. <laughs> um, and oftentimes what I find is uh, business owners, especially business owners that have a lot at stake, like venue owners who have a mortgage to pay, most of them, um, they, they, they believe that they believe what they hear. They can see the money coming in. They're making their bills that, that you know, the best ones are profitable. They're able to expand, do capital improvements, hire staff, whatever. 
And they know that the money is coming in. But if you ask them, like, is there anything you should cut? Is there anything that's not working? Is there anything you should double down on because it's working really well? They don't know. And, and what I see happen over a, per, uh, over a longer period of time is they keep on glomming on these projects and campaigns, glomming on these projects onto the ship like barnacles. And um, they're afraid to let anything go because they're not sure if it's working or not. And the, the biggest the biggest one I see is um, advertising on big national directories like the Knot and Wedding Wire. Okay. Now, for some people, the Knot and Wedding Wire work like gangbusters. And for other people, they don't work as well. And But they don't know that until that we put a few things in place and, and observe some things, you know, and, and make that determination. But the, the, the biggest problem I see, to answer your question a little bit more succinctly is that people are spending a lot of money on marketing. They're likely making enough to justify the expense, but they have zero ideas what's working and what's not working in, in a real measurable way. That's, that is so well said. Um, we're going through that with one of our venues, at least right now, because we operate a couple of different venues and it, it, you're totally right. A lot of times it's hard to understand what exactly is working or not working. And so you just kind of keep throwing things on. And like you said, all of the different trades, if you will, the social media and copy and everything else, theirs is kind of like the most important thing. And so you kind of pile stuff on hoping that something works and then something is working. And so you kind of just like, let's just not touch it and hope it, hope it keeps going. Right. Right. Um, Go, go back. Well, can I ask you something as well? Cause I, now that we know each other a little bit more, 100%. you have a completely different skill set than I do. And I, I literally don't have your skill set in terms of like finding and hiring people and managing teams and staff and stuff like that. It's like so much harder for me than it is for you to do that, which is why I hire an OBM. So she helps guide me in that way. Um, but my question for you is that one of the keys, and it's it's a mindset shift. So before we get into like what to measure and 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 how to move people through, you know, the customer journey and what goes into your marketing mix, I believe that fundamentally, if business owners can start to get some clarity around what they are responsible for as the owner and the leader of the business, and what types of things they should rely on the experts for to guide them. That will clear up a lot of things because one mistake I see is that venue owners will get sold to, say, from a salesperson with anything, a CRM, software service, a directory listing on a national directory, an influencer package from you know a, a, a website editor formerly known as bloggers. They'll get sold on something and they make a lot of assumptions about what's going to happen after they give that marketing entity money, there's no real conversation. There's no direction or, or articulation of what they need to, to come out of that relationship. And so what happens is they give all of their power and all of the responsibility to the freelancer, to the copywriter, to the directory listing. And then they get upset when they can't tell if that 
marketing effort is working or if they lose money on it because it really didn't work. And, and what I say to them is like, well, first of all, you need to take responsibility for your business and what you expect out of that relationship with that freelancer, that directory, communicate that right out of the gate. The not in wedding wire say that they'll drive traffic to your website. You want inquiries, say that, <laughs> have that conversation. Let them know if you don't get inquiries that you're from this endeavor, you're, you're not gonna do business with them again and then figure out how to measure that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, but, but there's, there's that we, when I work with uh, clients over, over the years, I've come to sort of weed out people who are willing and capable of leading their own company to success. And those who just come to me, you know, in tears saying, save me. And I cannot care about your business more than you do. I can't save you if you're not willing to save yourself. And so I think the first step in, in, in becoming a better anything, marketer, hiring manager, you know, uh, product developer, anything is a willingness to take that responsibility for yourself and your business. I agree. And I think it's also the high level strategy, maybe, <clears throat> excuse me. I think if you are, um, if you're, you know, a business owner, venue owner, pretty much any business owner in the space, you do need to have an understanding of how everything works together because you can't really hire somebody, whether it's a freelancer on like Upwork or wherever, or someone who's very specific to the industry. You can't just hire one of these like trades. You know, you can think about like a contractor. You know, you have the general contractor who then hires out the trades. You can't just say to the electrician, "Hey, I my I want power in my house. Can you like hook it up?" You know, because without any sort of general framework to understand where, you know, a switch should go in relation to, you know, the where the sink is going to be and the tub is going to go over there and like if the trades are working super separately and there's no master plan, then there's a lot of problems. So yeah, I really so let me ask you this though. So if I, if, if we go with this, cause I love construction metaphors to just so apt many times. So if I come to you and I'm like, I, I come to you and I say, wire my house. <laughs> and you don't know if the house is built, if it's new home construction, if it's 150 years old and it's going to have like some sort of like out of code issue and stuff like that. But I know that my goal is to wire the house and you're an electrician, a mark of a professional that you can trust is they start asking you clarifying questions rather than selling you their services immediately. Well, so if you're trying to vet <clears throat> media buyers or freelancers for marketing or anybody, and you just come to them and say, I want more inquiries, and that person can't start asking you questions about where you're at in your business, what else you're doing with marketing, what you think is working, what's not working. If they immediately go into, I can help you with SEO, you know, really, really slow down and consider whether or not that's the best fit for you. Because without asking you additional questions, they don't know. You can easily, as a professional, say, how old's your house? Oh, it's not built yet. Boom. Now you know what kind of job you're scoping out. And also if I come to you and I say, hey, 
I need my house wired and you're a plumber. <laughs> yeah. You know, you could say like, I can't help. I do that all the time. I, I had a, um, a videographer come to me some months ago. And if, if you've ever been on a strategy call with me, you know that I do math on the fly because that's how I, I can tell whether or not we're going to be a good fit and you're ready to invest in advertising. And so we're talking and I'm doing math. And, and one of the questions I'll ask you is what's your close rate? When you get somebody on a Zoom call or on a venue tour, how, how many, you know, how many can you close out of 10? How many can you close out of a hundred? And he said, well, you know, I can generally close three, three out of 10. And when you're looking at marketing, the numbers just explode, right? Like, like you think about uh, one per, and I'm going to get a little jargony, but you think if your website converts at 1%, mm-hmm. and anytime somebody says 1%, you just like add two zeros onto the next number that comes out of your mind or out of your mouth. If you add, if your website converts at 1% and you need to get 10 people to call you in order to book three, that 10, you add two zeros, you need a thousand people to come to your website. If your ad books at one person, or if your ad drives traffic at 1%, thousand on the website, add two zeros, right? Now you're talking about a uh, hundred thousand mm-hmm. people need to see your app click to click to your website to get the, or uh, to see, you know, to, to click through and then so on and so forth, a thousand, one percent, one percent, one percent. So all of a sudden, when you come to me and you're like, I want to spend some money on ads, I need to figure out like how many millions of people I have to show that ad to in order to like ring out 10 people on your website to actually inquire about your services. And then it's your job to convert those. So t- typically, if if people have a really low sales rate, like if they're in the 30% or lower, even 40% or lower, I tell them to hire a salesperson first. Make more money off the people who are showing up at your doorstep, right? Rather than trying to get thousands, hundreds of thousands more eyeballs. Christy. Right. Because, because then when you start advertising, if you can get your, your close rate up to like 60%, you double your close rate to 60%, then all of that money we're spending on ads is working harder. And you're, you're optimized on your back end for sales so that, that the chances of you actually making money rather than wasting money are greater. Totally. Christy, you, um, you're in the world of marketing, right? Digital paid ads. So much of what you do is that. Do you feel like it is incorrect to look at ads as kind of this like magic bullet? And I'm asking that because I know a lot of venue owners and a lot of business owners kind of feel like if we just put some money towards Google ads, that's going to, that's going to force people to look at us. That's going to force people to come spend money with us. And maybe it's not a shoe in, but it's definitely this magic bullet that immediately kind of will bring us business. Um, do you think that's incorrect or do you think that it, it really does have that effect on, on a business? Oh no, I think, I think it's absolutely accurate. You can take a couple hundred bucks, put it into Facebook, 
be a millionaire by the end of the month. I actually do this for fun. I have an island next to Richard Branson's <laughs> island in the Fijis that I tend to hang out at when I'm not actually running a marketing agency and being on. Yes, of course, it's that's ridiculous. <laughs> So how- if it were that, and my point is, you know, being facetious like this, my point is, is if it were that easy, right? Like I'd be in a different place in my life. Um, it, it was easier when we had access to the data we had access to, when we had access to people's household income, for example, you know, back in 2012, when we had access to um many more interests for targeting than we currently do when people actually um changed their status on facebook to engaged it was easier but in all things advertising um the less you focus on really narrowing down the perfect um client for you And it's not your ideal client is not just the the person who um, you want to work with. It's the person that's going to get the most value and the best experience out of working with you, because that's going to lead to the better reviews. It's going to lead to the referrals. Alan Berg talks about this all the time. Um, I really like the less, by the way, of of an ideal client, because it's not always, I like what you said, though, about the definition of the ideal client. And I feel like people think about the ideal client avatar as someone who they want to work with, but it's yeah. has to do with value. You're totally right. And for a venue, it has to do with the type of person who wants to get married at your property. I mean, that's not something you can't just like change it real quick, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it, it really is dependent on your venue and, you know, what your venue has to offer and how it's different from other venues and, and, and whatnot. Um, but if you, the more you 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 focus on those those um aspects of marketing and building your content and messaging around understanding your your core market your ideal client not just who you want to work with but who's going to get the most out of working with you um the less expensive your marketing and advertising is always going to be there's a reason why super bowl ads are so expensive And that is because they're not, those advertisers are just blasting an audience, just a random audience of everybody hoping that if they're clever enough, they'll get a teeny, 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 tiny bit of that audience to actually take action and and purchase a, a product or something. The same is for you. If you don't take the time to get some of your messaging and your ideal client avatar work, which seems so exhausting and passe in 2022. But if you haven't done it or you haven't revisited it, you are going to spend a lot of money in both organic marketing and hiring freelancers and also on the paid side, because you are going to have to blast that large general audience. And most of them, 99% of the people that see your ad, not going to be interested. 99%, right? And and Sean Lowe is always like, you know, what do you, what are you doing? Like 99% of the payment. That's just like, that is standard numbers out there. 
right? With the with the targeting we have available to us now as media buyers, that that's just standard. If you grow a really good audience on social media, maybe you can get up to like 10% or 30%. Unicorns can get 50% of the people to take action within a certain, you know, finite period of time with a certain campaign. But, you know, if somebody's telling you like, you know, if you have a 50% conversion rate, you're leaving 50% on the table. I, I call BS on that. I mean, come on. How many times have you gone to a web? Think of how many websites you visit every single day. Are you giving everybody a buck? No. For a variety of reasons, a lot of which are legitimate. <laughs> yeah. And may not even have to do with, you know, you may just not be ready to buy or make a purchase. Yes. You might not be ready to buy. And look, I, 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 I love Sean Lowe. I think that he he shakes people up in a way that gets them out of their complacency. Um, but when people come to me with numbers like, you know, uh, you know, we're interested in rapid growth and, you know, we want a, we want a 80% conversion rate on our website. I mean, maybe we can get there eventually with a very robust marketing mix and enough money and a lot of time, but I don't know, even with a million bucks and a, and a well-known brand, I've, I've not gotten to like 90% conversion rates on a website as a director of digital. So what I try to do is just manage expectations, start with some of the baseline metrics that many media buyers use for cold accounts, which is 1%, 1%, 1%. And then we, we work up from there. Christy, I heard you say, you know, we talked about the kind of the ideal client avatar just for a brief moment there is that, and it really sounds like that's where you'd have a new venue owner, or maybe even a venue owner who's struggling to get the leads that they, they want. Um, if that is the case, can you kind of give us a little bit of a process, maybe a step-by-step guide for somebody who's listening to this on YouTube or on, on podcast. And they they're saying like, I'm not getting the leads that I want. I don't have a really clear understanding of my ideal client avatar. Maybe their ideal client avatar is the person who'll get married at their wedding or, or at their venue. You know, it's like, I, you know, that's my ideal person, the person who will say yes. Um, but they're in this position right now and they're, they're maybe bleeding cash and they do have their, their uh, uh, mortgage or whatever coming up. Um, and they kind of have this like frantic feeling about them, but they know that they have to get started somewhere. Where do they get started? How do they start making process, uh, making uh, progress along this path? Yeah, that's a great question. When when we talk about like ideal client avatars and whether or not we're attracting our ideal clients, um, old school marketers used to call that product market fit, right? And that, and that is basically like for whatever you have a, available to folks in terms of your product, your venue, and however you're messaging around that, communicating the value of your property, um, are there people out there that are they're biting on that? And um, I just I have a client right now that's that's wondering about product market fit. And the way you figure out whether or not you're attracting an ideal uh, client is kind of two twofold, right? One is just to go by gut instinct, right? Are the people who are coming through your door asking the right questions, interested in what you have? Are you just attracting price shoppers? Are you attracting jerks that you don't want to work with? Like intuitively, we, we, we can understand whether or not we want to work with the majority of people that are coming through our door. 
But from a numeric standpoint, just to kind of like get this out on the table as measurable stuff, um, oftentimes you can identify whether or not you have a product market fit by looking beyond your website and seeing if people are engaging with your brand in other ways. So are you getting engagement on social media? Are you getting DMs from potential clients um, asking you uh, questions that aren't inquiries, but they are showing uh, intent to book? So are you available in 2023 in July? What is your pricing? Do you have outdoor ceremony space? Do you allow me to bring in my own cake or liquor or whatever? Those types of questions show booking intent. So if you're seeing people interested in you outside of your website, just kind of out in the wild of the wilderness, the wilderness, the internet, the wild of the internet and social media, the wilderness, um, you probably have a decent enough product market fit. The next place that I look once I determine like, yeah, there's folks out there that are considering this brand. And you can also look at like your SEO and your Google analytics and see where traffic's coming in and what kind of keywords you're ranking for and stuff like that. Once you have an understanding that people are generally interested in your brand out in the wild, then you wanna focus in and ask yourself, is my website actually functioning to turn traffic into inquiries, right? Or am I first before that, am I getting enough traffic? Because if you have all this action out on social media because you hired this like crackerjack social media channel manager and nothing's coming into your website, then you have a traffic problem. And people come to me all the time and they're like, well, I get most of my, um, I get most of my inquiries on Instagram now through the DMs. I'm like, probably, but they're still looking at your services page on your website because your Instagram, even with the highlights, is not the most organized place to get information. But your website is. You have services, you have an about us page, you have a inquiry page. So likely people are looking at your website irrespective of how they're contacting you with that initial contact. So are you getting enough traffic? And then if you are getting enough traffic, which for venues in particular, I like to see a good healthy venue in a major city like Houston or Atlanta or LA, San Diego, San Francisco, even Omaha, Nebraska, around 2000 to 2,500 sessions a month. If they're getting around 1,200 to 1,600 a month, we can work with that. If you're getting below 1,200 sessions a month, sessions you have a traffic. Yeah, the visitor. I mean, that's what that's what Google Analytics calls web traffic. Got it. Okay, so like someone who's visiting that accession would count as someone who is on your website for a determined or defined amount of time. Would that be correct? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Makes sense. Yeah. Um. So if you're getting below 1,200 sessions a month, you have a traffic problem. So you need to boost your traffic. If you're if you're seeing you know intent to book out in the wild and on social media, it's a traffic problem. If you see no intent to book, it's probably a, a a market product fit, right? But oftentimes, I can find for most folks, most of the time in the event industry, some sort of intent to book that we can start to manage. So say you you have intent to book on social you have enough traffic. Now what you're going to look at is, is your website doing a good job converting that traffic to inquiry? Now, instinctually, everybody thinks, did, did 
people visit my inquiry page, my contact page, yes or no, you can find that in Google Analytics. And did they inquire? Really great information to start with. And also, you just said not everybody is ready to book when they're on your website. Maybe they're searching for information about what it's like to work with you or how much you cost, or they're DMing you on Instagram asking if you have certain dates available while they have your website open. You don't know. So you want to look at your website holistically and just ask yourself, have I provided enough information in a relatively organized and easily accessible way for somebody to make a decision to book my venue? If you don't have information about what it's like to work with you, the seasonality of events at your space, your indoor and outdoor spaces, how they function, whether or not people can bring outside food and beverage into your space, whether or not you have a preferred vendor list, all of the things that you talk about in all of your walkthroughs <laughs> should also be on your website. It's not going to preclude people from coming to your venue to walk through. They definitely want to be in the physical space to make sure it's a good fit. But if you don't have that information on your website easily available, they don't have enough information to make a booking decision with you. So they probably won't. They'll just go with somebody who's provided them with the information. And probably it sounds so like- oftentimes when you're not getting to, to sum it up, oftentimes when you're not getting enough inquiries as a venue, the biggest, biggest place I see room for an imp- for improvement is actually on the website in terms of providing enough information to make a booking decision and then inviting people to actually book. Hmm. That, so that is a website person that you need to, to really have, you need someone who has you know, some skill with the branding, the brand design, and then a website person who's able to kind of put the pictures, the messages and everything together. Go ahead. No. Okay. I actually, so here's, here's, here's the punchline, right? So as a media buyer, I often set up ads. We often set up test ads because we're testing copy and creative. That's most people that come to me with under a thousand dollars a month to spend. That's where we start. We're just testing proof of concept. We want to see if the ads work, if the audience targeting is accurate, and if the website converts off of cold traffic. I would say three quarters of the time, I can get the ads to work to drive traffic. And once people hit the website, they don't inquire. And so we have to do, we have to spend time and resources and figure out a strategy for making that website to website to convert cold traffic, right? That's the holy grail. The first person I generally start to source out to hire is a copywriter, a conversion copywriter, somebody who knows how to drive action on a web page. Because Oftentimes when you think of a website, you think I need a new website. I have to hire a designer. I have to hire somebody to like play with my color palette and my logo and where the pictures lay out. No, oftentimes you just have to hire a copywriter. And oftentimes what I'll do is hire a copywriter to write one page. And that is a landing page that all cold traffic goes to in order to find out more about your venue, 
get their frequently asked questions asked and has a contact form in order to book or buttons where they can go to other parts of the website. And then we set up tracking to actually see like when cold traffic comes in from ads or organic um, uh, search or social media, where are they going? If they're um, filling out your inquiry form, that's considered a conversion, your job to sell, not mine. Um, and if they're clicking on other buttons, it tells us what questions have gone unanswered. So when you have a website problem, often your website problem has to do with copy and messaging, not with the actual container that is your website. Got it. Huh. So a landing page, this is a separate thing that, I mean, is it in the menu of your website or is it, could be, it could be separate. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the easiest. As long as you, as long as you are working with somebody who is helping you to track incoming traffic, and Google does an okay job at tracking most of it. Like, I'm not going to tell you, you got to hire an expert in order to get some information. You don't. Um, but as long as you're doing some sort of tracking somehow to determine when somebody comes in from a channel like Instagram or organic search or paid advertising and they're hitting this page, a landing page is just the page that they land on on your website. It doesn't have to be hidden. Don't listen to those guys. Uh, when they Are they taking the action that I want them to take? Now, out-of-the-box analytics is not going to give you super satisfying answers. It's going to tell you, it can tell you whether or not people filled out your inquiry form if you set up a goal. And it can tell you whether or not people visited an additional page once they got to the landing page, or if they just left the site altogether. But even with those three pieces of information, you can really start to get a sense of like, what channels work best, where you should put your efforts, who you should hire next, if it's a channel manager or somebody to do your SEO or an ads person. Like, it's nice to have a lot of information and data, but you, all, all, you also don't always need that much to start. Does it matter if the website is hosted on, you know, the ever popular drag and drop builders versus WordPress or something more custom, or it's all the same? It's that that's just a container, as you mentioned. In the beginning, it's just a container. If you start to see problems with people like leaving your website immediately and they're not converting and they're not taking action, they're not visiting another page, you know, my assumption always is to try to tweak the messaging, make sure it matches whatever you're talking about on the platform. That's another thing, like people say completely different things in their captions than they say on their website. I'm like, who is this person? It's like multiple personalities. If, if you are changing your messaging to match and you're trying to optimize and hiring a conversion optimization specialist to rewrite your copy and it's still not working. Um, it could be a technical issue like, you know, your images are too large, it's slowing down your site, your site, even though it's supposed to be mobile optimized, looks like crap on mobile, it's not usable on mobile. And so at that point, when you get into those technical difficulties where it's not just changing the copy and the images, it's, it's some sort of, um, 
technical barrier that's preventing people to, from doing business with you, that's when you call in an actual developer and say, what's going on? Is my website broken? And that developer should be able to do things like speed tests. And even in SEO, we'll do things like that, but they'll do speed tests and mobile optimization tests and, and let you know if it's actually a technical error that that your website's experiencing rather than a messaging or product market fit error. Christy, let's do a little bit of a recap because I can imagine that the venue owner who's listening to this right now is like, holy shit, I, I've got, you know, I've got my copy. I know Christy just said copywriting is so important, right? And, and she was talking about landing pages and maybe they have a you know pen and paper and they've been jotting some of this stuff down. <clears throat> Take us kind of back. Is there a um, let's say someone is fairly new. They have a, a fairly new website that hasn't really, you know, they hired somebody to build the site. So they don't really have a lot of, a uh, ton of understanding yet of like how the website traffic that they're going to get, they've got some, but you know, they don't have, it's not been around for years and years. Um, so they have the website person who is a good team. Like if they're looking for a team of people that they can work with. And this kind of goes into the thing that I'm passionate about, right? Hiring. Um, but who are they looking for? Like, what are the names? You mentioned copywriter, you know, you mentioned a developer if they feel like something is broken, but what is a really good personnel mix that you feel a venue owner should have at their disposal in order to have a really successfully set up site? Well, let's, let me get cheeky and let's go back to the construction metaphor. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here and you're going to be the giddy pig. Do you, you own a house, right? Correct. Yeah. So you own a house. What kind of contractors do you need to work on your house right now today? What's the good team? Um, none. I mean, maybe a handyman if I'm not handy, but I can, I can be so none. Right. What kind of contractors do I need with my house right now today? Like, what's the good team? Um, I mean, you're uh, in the mountains. I don't know. Maybe none right now. I'm not sure the condition of your you home. You don't know because you don't know what I'm doing in my house. And it's the exact same for your business. Uh -huh. All of these people that I talked about, all of these techniques that I talked about, all of these tactics that I mentioned are solving specific problems that I commonly see. Your audience may or may not have these problems, but the, the point is, and if, if I were to distill it down to one question you can start asking yourself, if you're not getting the inquiries you want to, or you're not getting enough inquiries, the one question to start asking to figure out what's wrong and what team do I need is, um, actually it's two questions, um, is first and foremost, am I attracting enough of the right people to my, you know, website, social media, whatever, my messaging assets? And am I giving them enough? And this is core, right? Because if you, it's easy to get traffic. It's easy to buy traffic. It's easy to build audience. It's easy. Once you've established that easy part, the high school level or the college level is, am I giving these folks enough information to make a booking decision? And from there, you're going to start to think, oh, you know, like I'm driving all this traffic to my website, but nobody's converting. Maybe I need a copywriter 
or shoot, I'm not, I'm not getting, I'm not getting website traffic. I'm not getting any social media acts action. A lot of my, um, a lot of my, uh, you know, my inquiries are coming from a planner referral. Maybe I should just start with a social media and marketing VA to just do the basic stuff, like post an Instagram and, you know, do whatever. But the point is, is you want to make sure you're attracting the right people, enough of them. And then the big question is, am I giving them enough information to make a booking decision? And oh, P.S., writing a caption on your Instagram that says, we just loved hosting River and Arrow at our beautiful venue last weekend is not giving anybody information. (laughs) It's just indulging your ego and showing that you have writer's block. So are you showing up in a way that gives them enough information to make a booking decision? Yes or no. Huh. And so many venues and just so many vendors, I think in general are like trying to show examples of what they do and just assuming that the client is going to like guess correctly instead of clearly laying it out. That makes so much sense. Yeah. But I'm also ready to satisfy your audience and talk about how they can actually use ads to kind of jumpstart a lot of this stuff. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that really quick. Cause we kind of, we, cause I'm like, no, you're, you're not ready for ads. Like you're not I ready. say this all the time. You're not ready. You're not ready for ads. So let's say someone is ready for ads. They know their client avatar from what I'm hearing. They've got great copy that converts. Um, they have a landing page set up that is, that is ready to receive this traffic that has the contact form. Um, It's not slowed down. There's no technical difficulties. There's plenty of information on the page that really gives the viewer the information, the understanding they need to make a inquiry decision or not. Is, are we ready? Are we finally ready? Yes. And also just to roll things back, you can actually use ads to answer some of these questions and you can do it relatively cheaply. So say you don't know, you can't really tell one way or the other from looking at your analytics, whether or not you have a really solid product market fit, or you hate your clients and you want to change, change the type of client you're attracting. And you think that a new way of talking about your venue or a new capital improvement that you did, you know, maybe you have this beautiful, like, you know, slate, uh, flagstone patio for ceremonies that you built in 2021. You want to talk about that. You can set up some Instagram ads and test different pictures of the new patio and test different um, captions on uh, Instagram to see if you can drive traffic to your site. And if you set up a nice little test, like an A-B test, or I like to do a three to five ad split testing, you can start to get a sense of what picture and what caption is actually going to drive interest in the form of traffic to your inquiry page. And so now you've spent, you know, maybe 10 or $25 a day for two or three weeks on Instagram and you know exactly what picture and what verbiage to use that drives the most interest. And what you can do is you can take those insights to 
write that landing page that we talked about because you've just tested it in the market and you can see what drives traffic. You can also quickly determine um, when you're running those initial test ads, whether or not your inquiry page converts. You know, maybe they don't have enough information. And so in addition to understanding what messaging is going to be the most compelling for your audience, uh, you also start to get a sense of, you know, just dumping somebody into a contact page doesn't give them enough information to do business with you. So maybe you want to work on that as well. Uh, on the, the, and that's on the social side. On the Google ad side, uh, also known as pay-per-click or AdWords, um, I love this for venues because the venue is the first, typically, uh, very rarely will somebody book a planner or even more rare, a photographer first. So you get booked first, which means um, you're probably not getting referrals, right? You're probably getting internet searches and hashtag searches. So PPC ads are really great for venues because they always show what's called down funnel, uh, uh, down funnel intent or booking intent. People are searching for um, outdoor wedding venues in Charleston, South Carolina. And if you put some money and some ads behind those keyword terms and your ad shows up and people click on it, it shows intent to book an outdoor wedding in Savannah. And that's very powerful information to have, right? Um, and then as long as when they get to your website, you are giving them enough information to make a booking decision and a booking decision is, you know, inquire, part of that is inquiring, uh, then you're in business, right? And so those, those Google ads really can show down funnel booking intent immediately. And if you can get that, if you can earn that click on the, on the Google AdWords side, you know that the intent is there. And if they're not converting, there's something that you need to address on your website, whether that's giving them a page with more robust information or, um, you know, making sure that the messaging and, and the look and feel of your brand match or whatever it is. But at least now you're on solid ground and you can start asking better questions about what you're going to do next that will lead to that hire. Got it. That makes, that makes so much sense. It's so clear. Um, I think this has been fantastic information. And I think that venue owners should go back and listen to this again and again, because this is, you know, the way that you have to look at your business. You know, you can't think that just because you spend all this money and you have this beautiful venue, you know, you can post pictures on social media, you know, you can, um, continue adding to your venue, which is something I see a lot of venue owners do consistently, but you really have to have a strategy for how you're going to get people to look at your website and make a decision to come out and see you at the property. And then of course, you know, the tour and converting that to, to an actual booking, that's a kind of a different, different uh, issue on that side of things, but you really have to have a, a very thorough understanding of how you're going to get those eyeballs on your business and get those leads coming in. So Christy, thank you so much for spending your time here with us today, going over this stuff. It's been really, really action packed in my mind. Um, and just from a concluding standpoint, um, when does a venue owner, in your opinion, need to 
start hiring, maybe hire somebody who is more of a professional like you, you know, someone who is, cause you're focusing on Google, like paid ads specifically. It's kind yeah, of, yeah, I do. I do ads and analytics. So I, I do, anal, I set oh, up so people's analytics. analytics so that they can, yeah. When, when I'm like, we can measure button clicks. Like I, I do that as well. Otherwise okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to talk about it. Like somebody commit. Well, I guess I do that with SEO. I don't know. I, I've gotten out of SEO, so I always refer out, but, but the, yeah, I do ads and analytics. Yeah. Because ads are inherently analytics. You're getting all this data in. you're spending money, money's going out. You're looking at numbers that tell you how much money is going in, in coming in in proportion. <laughs> um, so most really qualified media buyers ad buy, um, they're called media buyers, but um, Facebook and Google ads folks, uh, if they're not talking to you about also accessing and setting up, making s- small setups for your Google analytics as well, don't go with them. Got it. So, the, and, and even Facebook with their changes said, don't trust our analytics anymore. And luckily I'd been, I had been cross-referencing Facebook's analytics with Google analytics for years before 2021, they were like, don't trust us anymore. I never trust you in, in the first place, but that's a different story. But yeah, ads and analytics. So in real house and, and um, competitive research, market research and competitive research. So if someone's looking to work with you, they could start working with you on the analytics side or really just the analytics and the Google ads hand in hand. And you might direct them and say, hey, you got to spend some time sharpening your website because the copy is off and there's some different things, or you might say, great, you're ready to go. Let's dive in deep. That is that fair. That's it. That is. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll shoot you straight. If I think you need a sales coach or a copywriter or, you know, whomever to, to help you out, I'll definitely shoot you straight. It's definitely a very dynamic business and there's definitely so many moving parts uh, to it. And so if you're listening out there and you're feeling discouraged, don't feel discouraged. There are amazing pros. There are people like Christy who are you know spending their time on this podcast to, to help enlighten us, but you know, just take one thing at a time. And um, I, I really appreciate you taking your time today, Christy, to, to educate us on this. Thank you so yeah. much. Where Thanks for having me. And just real quick, where can people go if they want to hear more about? We're obviously going to put links in the description, but just for those folks who are on audio, where uh, can people connect with you? Yeah, so I'm on the internet on mountainsidemedia.com and I'm on social social at MTN Side Media Co. And my personal channels that I generally keep public because... I don't like if I have something to say, I'm going to say it to the world. I'm not going to hide it. I don't have kids. That's that uh, is Cosborne loves that C O S B O R N E loves. And that's all my like private snow reports, life in the mountains, just, you know, birthday cakes, junk like that. And we talked about snowboarding at, at wedding MBA. Yes. We talk about this. So yes, yes. Christy is an avid. So do you ski also? Yeah, well, I primarily ski. I started as a okay. snowboarder, but I do I do all of it. I I used I telemark skied for 10 years exclusively and used to be a ski instructor, also a snowboard instructor, rock climbing instructor, whitewater rafting guide. 
Wow. That's it. And I mountain bike. Dang. And play disc golf. Maybe we have to have you back on and talk about all of your extreme uh, athletic adventures. That's awesome. <laughs> sports. Yeah. Mountain sports. But thank you for having me back on just to kind of like put it, put a bow on it. Cause you, you've mentioned a couple of times, like people might have their like hair blown back after this interview. Um, if you're a venue owner and you're feeling overwhelmed, uh, just try to find, there's a lot to be said about just digging, digging through whatever you have available to try to find answers. Just try to find the answers to, am I getting enough qualified attention, traffic, you know, engagement, stuff like that. Um, but especially traffic and am I offering folks enough information about what makes me different and better from my competition for them to reach out to me? And if you start with those two questions, um, and really give it the old college try to try to answer them, you will get to that place as the business owner that we talked about in the beginning of this episode, where you're going to be able, even if you don't even if you're not sure who to hire first, you're going to be able to go to those strategy calls with some information that you've uncovered or, and this is powerful to a good professional as well, additional questions that you cannot answer yourself. So if you don't know if you're getting enough qualified traffic and you jump on a strategy call with me, you can put my feet to the fire and you can say, Christy, I don't know if I'm getting enough qualified traffic. How are you going to deal with that if I hire you? And I will have an answer for you, right? And any good professional will be able to have that conversation with you at a strategic level, because that's a strategic conversation without jamming their products and services down your throat is the answer. But you're not going to get there unless you spend some time really asking yourself, Am I getting enough of the right people to notice me? And am I giving them enough information to make a booking decision? From there, the, the path will be made clear and you can have better conversations with people who you're considering to hire. I love it. Christy, thank you so much again for coming on the show. It was so wonderful interviewing you again. And, um, you know, we'll probably end up seeing each other in the next episode very soon. And if not at, you know, in a, an event here soon. Well, we're both going to be at TSE Cater Source. So if any venues also do F and B and end up attending, uh, or if they do plan, you know, cause venues always do everything. So if any venues do F and B and they're going to be at cater source, or if they do planning or florals as add-ons and they're going to be at TSC, we're both going to be there. Yep. We sure are. I'm, I'm going to be speaking and first time speaking ever. I was just talking to you about this. Very excited. Um, but talking about hiring. So yeah, it should It'll be good. Come say hi if you're there to both of us. And yeah, we'll see you soon.